It's such a fine line between stupid and, and clever. Yeah, it's just a little turnabout. It's a madhouse! A madhouse! Yeah, there seems to be some sort of communique. It's the Ty and Matt Show with Matt and Ty. Let's get some dirty. And we're doing it again. We're, we're back. We're, we're living. We're breathing. And most importantly, we're podcasting. Are we ever? Doing what we do best. I th- I'd like to think so. Dropping pod magic. Pod, baby. Hey. Pod, pod is life. That's what I've read on the internet. <laughs> pod is life. Yeah. Pod is glorious. I, you know, at first it started out as like an ironic thing, I would say. Like, oh, dropping a hot pod. But now, <laughs> I, I, no. I talk to people and I'm like, oh, what are you yeah. doing this week? And it's like, I got to get a hot pot out of the way and all that. And it's like. Yeah, it's now said with uh, utmost sincerity. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an industry term at this point. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I do legitimately believe when our pod drops that it is, in fact, hot. Yeah, I, of I course. I, so I, I don't think feel it's like we're lying bur- to the listeners. It's, it's burning hot. Every single time I record this, uh, this is actually a special one too. This is an extra hot pod because this oh, is yeah. one of probably at least our age group. This is like their most favorite holiday week. It, it's Halloween yeah. week. Oh my god! I mean, you're gonna see more girls dressed up as cats than you will any other week of the year. Cats, uh, nurses, nurse. Yep, slutty look, anything. Yeah, I mean, as long you can take any common thing and put slutty in front of it, and yep. you're gonna probably see that. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Even slutty things Joker? like you think Slutty Joker? Oh my God, absolutely. Like with the I mean, thong that, hanging up a little too high. Yeah, 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 yeah. What else is big? So Joker, Joker, huge. Slutty Pennywise. Oh my from God! It. But like with the eyes still fucked up. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, go <laughs> good. A slutty, lazy-eyed yeah. uh, Pennywise would be fantastic. There's a lot of girls that have suffered head trauma that are really excited about this Pennywise Oh, they're idea. like, oh, it's my time to shine. It's my time to shine. Did, did you grow up as a big Halloween kid? Oh, I, yeah, I, I loved Halloween. My mom really fucked me up because she just let me watch like rated R films at too young of an age. Is that right? And it was always like scary movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Man, it's t- like I loved. I liked to trick or treat. That was that when I was a kid. I, I enjoyed trick that. Or treat, yeah, it's a joy. And, and throwing on the costumes. But I was terrified of everything as a child. Like, like going to, you know, any store where they had a Halloween aisle. Like I would make my mom like we, we'd have to circumnavigate all of Walmart so I could avoid like seeing any of the masks because I was too scared. Were you really? Oh my god! Yeah, dude. Until I was like seventeen. No, I'm just kidding. No, but when I was like six or seven, like I was too scared of the masks. Like I couldn't. I when I was that age, I wanted the like I almost had a autistic obsession with getting. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's is there fu- any other kind know, of obsession? You know, it's funny when in the very far background, I'm listening to Lake and laugh. She is <laughs> just out of nowhere. Just that. Yeah. No, I had a, a very autistic obsession with getting by far the most scary out like i used to love uh the fake weapons and i i I had this one where it was like you had the heart in your hand and when you squeeze the heart blood dripped down the chest oh dude 
I encountered a mask that did the same thing when I was a young, younger kid, like probably four and, um, scarred by it. Uh, dude, I remember one time I was at the, the way, uh, our neighbors, when I was a little kid, they had one, one daughter that was around my age and then they had a son that was quite a bit older and then another daughter that was younger, but we would all kind of get together and like play, like play whatever, like video games or Yu-Gi-Oh cards or, or whatever. But I remember we were playing like a board game in their house, in the neighbor's house. And the older brother like held up a, a skull, like just a regular, like just decoration kind of skull. He's like, hey, Matt, look. And it it scared me so bad. I was probably like seven. I literally ran out of their house and ran home in tears Oh my god! Like I was, I was a disaster when it came yeah, to that. Yeah, you sounded, you sounded like a nightmare of a kid. I'm, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. Now I was a piece of shit then, and, and uh, you're, like yeah. your parents had to almost like overly apologize for it. Like I'm sorry. He's just, he's like this. You know, we don't yeah. take him oh anywhere. My. Dude, scared of ever. I, I mean, I'm, I've, believe me, I, I hours and hours of therapy. I've, I've tried to explore what it was. Um, I don't know. I remember like, dude, everything scared me like about how i don't know why i guess i don't know if someone told me halloween was scary and i just really took it I to mean, heart it's not the worst but i thing. enjoy it it's like people that no. can't eat spicy food you know yeah this is there's some people that are just born you know those people pussies. in particular are yeah you know very vanilla <laughs> was the term i was gonna use but pussies pussies is fun you know but my, my roommate he literally like it was that with spicy food i i mm-hmm. kid you not he would. I love spicy food, so everything I make always is way too spicy. And yeah. he'd always have to ask, like, "Hey, did you make this?" He'd be like, "Did you make this, dude?" And there was one time he accidentally did get into something I made, and <laughs> Lakin, funny enough, had to take him to the hospital because he thought oh he was God. dying. All it was just indigestion. That's all he had. Yeah. But his shit was blowing up so much that he like demanded he get take to the emergency room. To explain oh indigestion to these people. Oh God! There's as, you know, he's taking up ER space, and there's someone bleeding out on the sidewalk. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a fucking homeless guy with a bottle in his head, yeah. and he's sitting there going like, "My tummy hurts. My tummy hurts. I need Pepto. <laughs> I accidentally had a jalapeno." Yeah. Uh, did have you? I'm sure you're familiar with the uh, the web series called Hot Ones. Oh, is that where like the actors? Eat where they the wings. eat chicken wings? Yeah. yeah. Did you ever see the one with uh, 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 DJ Khaled? No, I have not. Okay, he eats like the second tier of of hot wing, which is still like is still you know pretty much the standard at any restaurant, and he starts like like leaning back in his chair. He's like, "Yo, this yo, this is too hot. Like this is this is unsafe." <laughs> like. Like, cause it was, he was saying it was too, but, and, and he's not like a funny, like he wasn't doing it as a bit. I don't think he's a funny guy necessarily. Like he's very serious. It seems not comedic concerned. No. Like he, he's all about giving you like major keys, major stuff like that. And, and yeah, I, I still don't know what he does. I just know that he rides. He's a fat man who likes jet skis and he lives in Miami. I, I saw but him also one he's time f- in Atlanta. Did you really? I don't know if I talked about it on here. I, I saw him one time at a speakeasy here in Atlanta Really? Very approachable. There's like no security. Like he's just casually sitting at a table with like That's some family, cool. I guess, friends and family. Yeah. And then he does this, uh, the most obnoxiously douchey thing. I, I, it was confirmed it was DJ Khaled earlier on because I kept kind of looking over, like, you know, because he's that certain level of fame where it's like, yeah. 
you have to be really close to understand how famous he is. From a distance, mm-hmm. you're like, is he just a fat guy? Yeah. But then you heard someone in the speakeasy go, DJ that, Khaled. Yes. So the bartender, <laughs> I shit you not, goes, DJ Khaled. And he's as he's walking by, he goes, and another one. Oh, no. <laughs> he yes and the bartender. He's got catchphrases. Yes. And at some point, he does this thing where he just... There's like you go up a couple stairs and there's some more booths. He doesn't sit. He was sitting at the booths for a little bit, and then he mm-hmm. just stands up and he does this thing where he's just like constantly like, you know, that kind of like thing where he's sta- like look at me, kind of like standing up and just like, yeah, I'm the only one standing in the room right now, and kind of yeah. looking around until someone finally approaches him and is like, can we get a photo? And then I just like I, he's like in front of the bathroom at some point, and I'm like trying to awkwardly like, can I fucking go piss, dude? Like I don't care. Yeah. Like no one, like it would take like I I'm a bad person to ask because I work in production and I've been around famous people where it's like I just really the glamour is gone for me. But even yeah. like I just feel like DJ Khaled just isn't the caliber of celebrity that's just like I really had to shit, but now I kind of want a photo. You yeah, know? like it'd be so I'm funny if you're like, here. You you you'd like food poisoning, so you go to the bathroom once and you go again, and he goes and another one, and just embarrasses you. Yeah, the whole because <laughs> he draws attention. Yeah, the whole the whole bar is like ooh, oh, yeah, and another one. It's like I'm sick. I'm feeling sick. He's sampling your vomit, and then that's like oh. his new track. Yeah, he, he, and you get nothing, no royalties. You get fucking nothing. You're just a deadbeat <sighs> vomiting. Yeah, it's just you're puking, and then DJ Cam <laughs> just finishes with puke. That's, yeah, that's what I want. He has like achieved a level of fame where, again, you ask anyone, like, no one's quite sure what he like. You know, he's involved with music, but you wouldn't really call him a rapper. I think he's a I money guess he's laundering a producer. scheme. He's a money laundering scheme. Yeah, but he's also like, it's to the point where people just accept that he's famous. Like, what does he do? I don't know. He's well, just he, is. He's reached. I don't. There's got to be some kind of sociology theory to this. He's reached a certain level of fame that. It just snowballs into itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't really have to put the work in as much anymore. It's just constantly kind of building on itself because it's like, hey, I don't know what. He might just do tax return season, and that's all he does. Yeah. But it's like, it's DJ Khaled. I love him. Yeah. It, it, and and, and he, he, it's like he, he became enough of a joke that he permeates everything. Like, we're talking about him, for instance. Not that this is a, you know, a huge deal. In the mind of DJ Khaled. Well, but he's about to get 30 new fans. Oh, my God. Well, we should have him on the show. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to reach out. Yeah. That, that would be... Yeah, we'll, we'll be like... The, the only stipulation, you have to eat chicken wings with us. And he'd be like, yeah. yo, that's dangerous. That's dangerous. Yeah. As soon as we introduce him, it's like, ladies and gentlemen, DJ Khaled. And then he'd be like, and another one. And then we <laughs> wrap did- the interview. It's the first like interview we don't go too long with. Did you ever see the, the there's a Simpsons episode called Bart Gets Famous? No. Where Bart gets a, he accidentally gets a catchphrase on the Krusty the Clown show and he becomes famous. But there's a scene where all the kids are like looking at him in, in their classroom and they're like, say the line, Bart, say the line. And he doesn't want to say it. And he finally, he does. He goes, I didn't do it. And then they all cheer. That's what it feels like with like DJ Cat. Like everyone's just waiting for him to drop his, his, his signature catchphrase, but he's, he could not be happier to do it. Oh yeah, like, like static. He gets a rush out of yelling his name. He, he's he's the uh, he's the the birthday kid that's too excited. It's his birthday. Like you know oh. what I mean. Like you know what it's oh, your birthday. Absolutely. And there's got to be a certain level of humility you bring to your birthday where you're like, I know, I know, but plenty of other people were born today. Yes. He's the guy. Out my he's mother's the guy vagina that, was not 
Yeah. Like a, a huge feat. Yeah. yeah. He's the kid that's like, no, I need all the gifts. Sing the song again in yeah. key. Dude, it, it's this. I used to see this in, in co- like college age girls do this a lot where it's like, it's my birthday week. Like, and you're like, and yeah, I don't, I don't care if it's the, the day down to the second that you, again, were birthed. You don't get, a, you don't get a week. No, no. You and you're, and you're also, you're also allowed to not care. Like, yeah. like I, you as a comic, have, have you ever done a show where it was someone's birthday? That's like the nightmare gig I've always heard. Uh, that and bachelorette parties. No, I, I don't. Not yet. Uh, but I can imagine it's, I have a theory in standup and I've realized it with doing the show and it's about hot girls and it's that they, they should not be allowed into any standup space because if you're a hot girl, most of the jokes already are just so unrelatable because most of life doesn't make sense. Cause you live in this area of life where it's like, things just kind of happen. Everyone's nice to me. Yeah, everyone's nice. Yeah. People just buy, they give me things. And it's yeah. like, so you're like doing a, a story, or not a story, you're doing like a joke about whatever, how fucking soul crushing your job is. And they're just sitting there going like, really? I just got the perfect job right out of college. What do you mean? It's like, why would this ever be? Rela- and like the worst is when they sit up front and they look at you bored. And yeah. it's like, of course you're bored. I don't have a pussy to talk about right now. No. It's the only area we could relate on right now. Yes, and they're also notorious hecklers because they've they never do. been told no. Oh my god, like, I, I like, just did a so, show so, where it's like I had to wish death on a group of hot girls. It got to a point where it was like, like I, I'm doing a joke where I talk about tornadoes and all that, and so they're being a nightmare. So I'm like, I, I'm gonna try to just include them in and get them plugged back into the show. And I'm like, hey, are you from a place that gets tornadoes? They're like, yeah, Wisconsin. I'm like, cool, cool. And then they're continually being rude, and then they start walking out in the middle of a set. And I'm and, and I just the last thing I say is I'm like, well, the tornado can't come soon enough for you guys. See ya. And it's just like <laughs> fucking nightmare. Yeah. I love how yeah, like yeah. the un- I like how they I just made my problems unrelatable. Like I'm sitting there well, going, like, I, you know how the weird subsect to stand up? Here's my yeah. problems. Well, you know, then then they they can't see the error of their ways. Like they're in their Uber headed home. Like that guy was such a dick. Like he wasn't even funny. They won't get it until they're 40 and ugly. That's really kind of how oh, it goes. Oh, that's, see, that's, that you can hang on to that and just feel, feel yeah. solace. They'll in, be a in fan that. 30 years from now. They'll be a fan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. They'll think you're hilarious. And, and then you want nothing to do with them because they're haggard. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we lost all the female listeners, so we, we're going to have yeah. to regain them back. Well, let's, let's go back to Halloween. Yeah. I mean, Halloween. Halloween. Hey, it's every hot girl's favorite holiday. So we'll win them back with that. And it's, it's great that we're bringing this up because I took some time. You know, kind of did some some beat work for the show. Uh, reached out to a lot of listeners, a lot of people, a lot of extensive yep. research. Uh, so, if, you know, Nielsen is listening, <laughs> you know, maybe consider me for the next position. Uh, and I, I boiled down the top five things to scare you this Halloween week. Like the top five yeah. things that ubiquitously are fucking terrifying people. Uh, and I, I compiled them here. Uh, obviously, Matt, you got a copy of it. Yeah, um, I, do. I, I don't know if you want to. Do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I think I can do that. So right. the uh, number five on our list of the top five things to scare you this Halloween week: the stench of death from your hopes and dreams. That That's is really actually good. terrifying. Yeah, I can. That one actually hit close to home. That hit me uh, as soon as I graduated because you immediately realize, oh, I. I have to like figure things out. Things have to happen now. Yeah. 
Oof. So, yeah, that's number five. Number four, this is a big one here, a distant ring of a phone that Sally May is calling. Oh, my God. And it's coming from inside the house. Inside the house. <laughs> and you, you jolt awake. You're terrified. Yeah. You think it's your alarm going off, and you look, and it's Sally May calling you now. Oh, God. They fucking reach through your dream, and they're still getting you? Yeah. She wants her money. Yeah, t- take it away, Matt. Go Number yeah. three. Number three, your dwindling circle of friends as they get married and start real careers. I'd rather them well, be murdered. Yeah, if you're going to lose them, yeah. I don't want them to be better off than me. Yeah. No, I don't. <laughs> I'd rather. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to be more professional. I shouldn't laugh at these jokes as hard as I am. No, they're scary, remember? Yeah, no. I'm, oh, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I'd rather see your horrific death, um, you know, in any way possible than see you move on to a better life than mine. And I have to watch it through the fucking realm of Facebook. Yeah. So it's like this weird, just fake reality world where it's like, what is happening? Like, why does my life keep going down as theirs goes up? Yeah. That's number, number three. Number two. <laughs> Thanks for backing me up, Matt. Yeah, no problem. I like I how you're nothing. like, actually, I'm one of those friends in the circle we're talking about. <laughs> I'm sitting there like expressing my deep fears. You're like, actually, I kind of see myself as that friend. Um, <laughs> number- I, wish would, I, I wish Ty would stop wishing death upon me. <laughs> number two. And... I think we can all relate to this one. Yes. Number two, the dark alleyway you pay too much rent to live in. Yeah. Yeah. That's, not, uh, not, if know, there was, do you think, uh, who's the guy that did, who's the big, uh, you know who I'm talking about? The, the, the horror poem guy. We all had to read. Him oh, Ed, Ed, Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe. I was going to say Edgar Ho- Hoover. Horror poem guy. Yeah, I was going to say Edgar Hoover or something, but Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> Do you think he would write one today of that? I feel like that would be a poem now. Yeah, I thought he even died in a dark alley. I think he was found on a street at the very least. <laughs> so he, he practiced what he preached. Don't fact check that because we're probably no. wrong. No, he probably died very comfortably. These four, obviously terrifying. Number one, absolute. I mean, I'm gonna, Matt, I'm going to let you take this away. This mm-hmm. one absolutely haunts my fucking nightmares. Goblins. <sighs> Dude, I, like even saying it was unsettling. It's, it's shivers. It is shivers. Um, I'd, uh, like, I'd rather th- not bring it back up. To be honest, like, I don't even. T- honestly, I'll, I'll be honest. With you. I don't completely know what a goblin is, and I think that's what scares me so much. I don't think they really. It's just a thing that like has just haunted us as a as a human species. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just appeared from nowhere. Yeah. The folklore is kind of like it's a lot of question marks. Where are they? What do they look like? Yep. For uh, fucking Lakin could be a goblin for all I Dude, know. They're probably jealous because we are the undisputed evolutionary world champs. Like if you take one anthropology class, you will be like, oh my god. We are the kings of evolution. Like, we rule, right? And goblins are like, fuck those guys. It's one of those things where it's like, I feel like you're you're in your anthropology class and you're looking back at all the pictures of civilization as it's developing. Mm-hmm. And then you realize if you look in the very far corner of it, like there's a goblin. There's been a goblin the whole time in the back of the photo. Just shaking its head like, yeah. no, no. no. You guys sucks. wait. Yeah. You yeah. guys wait. Goblin you season's will, coming, bitch. You're, you're going to get gobbled, son. That's what, that's what they say. That's like a, it's like a verb. Yeah. Well, that's their DJ Khaled line. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna get gobbled. DJ Goblin. <laughs> get gobbled, bitch. Yeah. I'm trying to think. It's a goblin one. 
<laughs> oh my god, that was all right. We're gonna get out of this cringe that right sucked. now. We got yeah, we gotta yeah. get out of the cringe. That is, you know what? You know it'll save us. What? A mighty fine interview. I think so. I'm I'm ready to toss to one right fucking now. We got a burning hot one, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for Shelby Page. And we're here with Shelby Page. Shelby, what's going on? Hey, um. I'll back you up on the clap, Matt. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, thanks guys. Thanks so much for having me. What's going on with me today? Um, it's, it's cold outside. Um, a little different. Is that a, where is we, that a real cold or is that an Atlanta cold? It's an Atlanta cold. It's not okay. like what you're dealing with, Matt, yeah. but it's definitely a little more than what we're used to in Florida. So grateful to be here. I, I do need to nice. acknowledge this. This is our first guest that lives in Atlanta, Georgia. Cause what we've done, Orlando, Miami, we've had a couple scumbags yep. in LA that have sold out way way too early. Uh, mm-hmm. New York, so here we are, Atlanta, Georgia, which oh, yeah. I mean isn't that far for me because I'm also recording here in Atlanta, Georgia, and it's also wow. my girlfriend recording this. So uh, we'll get that right out of the way. But we're gonna pretend that you aren't my girlfriend today, and I we're gonna you and- to tell them that. Oh no! What? 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 Why would? <laughs> why, wait, why shouldn't I tell them? What? What do I need to know right at the top here? Well, what if I, okay. So for the longevity of your guys's podcast, like what if we break up Tyler? Like you're not thinking about this. No, that I've already thought about that. That's going to be like the mid season kind of like to keep people interested where it's like, Oh, now this is dark tie, you know, where it was like black Spider-Man and the third one that was really bad. That'll (laughs) be like my phase. And I'll like start like doing stuff like this with my hair, you know, little, it's all nepotism, though. I like how I'm, like, visually showing what I'm going to do with my hair when this is a fucking podcast. On, on the radio, yeah. You know what? I'm going to just move out of this terrible bit about uh, me being edgy and cool for once in my life. And we're, we're going to get into this. <laughs> we're going to get deep. Uh, let's start here. When did you move to Atlanta? Uh, I moved to Atlanta one year after I graduated college. Okay. When did you graduate? Okay. Uh, I graduated in the spring of 2017, and I moved up to Atlanta um, like in August of 2018. So it was pretty exciting. Wow! Wow, that's so- year of our Lord 2018. <laughs> so, so, so what's been your favorite thing about it? Like, I have never been to Atlanta. I've never flown Delta. I've never gone through Atlanta. Yeah. Um, what is it about the city of Atlanta that you you find yourself enjoying the most? Uh, so you know. Um, it's weird. I kind of learned that Atlanta is actually about the same size as Miami. Um, however, like Atlanta just feels like like a real city, you know, like I, I used to drive into the city um, every day when I was working at a digital marketing company. And right in the morning at 7am, there was like these giant skyscrapers. And the top of them was always covered with fog. And I just remember every single morning, like driving on this highway and just thinking how grateful I was to like, live in a real city, you know, mm-hmm. um, Orlando is really wonderful, but it's like like a college town it's also like a huge uh like like hospitality hub so there's always mm-hmm. people coming in and out but like the atlanta traffic it's just other people from atlanta it's crazy like just crazy. Yeah. so well with that okay so would you say like traffic is like a draw like what sucks about atlanta is what i'm trying to get at here because i i know there's some cool things but like what are the drawbacks of living there oh that's an awful question to ask me i love this place like oh, really 
Yeah. Um, I mean, Ty wants to be one of those sellouts that move to a, to LA eventually. And I'm just like, no, that's a season you? finale. Jesus Christ. Shelby. <laughs> See, you're supposed to say spoiler alert. I know we've spoiled oh, no. almost everything. You know, oh, if I was a listener, I'd be tuning out right away. Cause this is just fucking over. If they haven't already. <laughs> if they haven't already. All right. Well, so you, you're saying there's no drawbacks. Um, so Atlanta, I guess like any large city has like, um, kind of like a homeless population and that always just kind of hurts my heart a little bit. Um, other than that, certain areas can be a little unsafe every once in a while, but like these are things that you kind of expect when moving to a city. So it's not necessarily mm-hmm. something that I was worried about. Um, although I will say, um, Atlanta's, uh, transportation like their infrastructure for highways is pretty strange because like they don't really have that shoulder space so if an accident happens like you're just you just block off a lane for as long as it takes to get that car the fuck out of there like oh my god yeah if there's, any, know, uh, oh, sorry, if there's any like civil engineers listening this is like the episode for them they're like oh nice yes roads infrastructure <laughs> yeah infrastructure oh they're like, obviously, there's a big demand for like civil engineers here in Atlanta. So come one, come all, if oh. you haven't. I've seen too many cars catch on fire, man. I'm, I'm over it. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, what? Really? Well, that, I, that's why they call it Hot Atlanta. Hey, baby. We tied it all together right there. So I'm done. Yeah. I'm thank done. you, Matt. Uh, thanks for joining us. So uh, it's just going to be Shelby and I for the rest of the episode. Um, <laughs> but okay. So you moved to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is it's weird to ask these questions because I I do know your trajectory and you've had an interesting one because it's like you you we both majored in radio television UCF mm-hmm. you did tonight's tonight you saw that dumpster fire um, <laughs> <laughs> so obviously all things were pointing towards production for you which yeah. you have done some production I remember when we first moved up here you're on the same set I was on which I haven't talked about on this podcast because I'm not a self indulgent prick. But now that I have you here, this is kind of a vessel for me to talk about me. Let's let's do this. The indie <laughs> movie we worked on, Brief Candle. What what did you do for that? Um, so I did BTS photography on Brief Candle, um, which is really. What cool. does that mean? What does that mean? Don't throw these industry terms out at people. You're assuming a certain intelligence of our listeners. <laughs> okay. And and co-hosts. And co-hosts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, BTS is behind the scenes photography. So um, uh, I was doing pictures of people, like I was taking pictures of the T, uh, the TV. Sorry, that's live. Um, I was taking pictures of the camera operators, and and uh, I was taking pictures of people setting up lights, uh, taking pictures of the actors behind the scenes, makeup artists, all those types of things. And it was supposed to be for for promotional materials. So it kind of tied back into what I ended up doing, which ends up being uh, marketing. So. Um, just a strong grasp on like how visuals work, what's an, what's an attractive visual to viewers and having that like perspective uh, based on your viewership and your audience actually really helped. And they kind of did go hand in hand. So it was kind of a seamless transition into what I do now. No, I don't think it's seamless. That's like, okay. I, <laughs> what are you talking without me even knowing, like anyone listening is going like, Oh, indie movie to marketing. Yeah. That's totally night. That's night and day. That's not the okay. same thing. So you like, indie movie on indiegogo guess what you're gonna have to do market Market. there we go yeah let's uh, exactly and i agree but like let's get to the real things like why didn't you stay in the realm of like filmmaking what 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 happened on like working on like i know you've done brief candle you've also i I know you 
you did like this dance competition thing. Like you've done some things in production. Like why didn't you stay in that that realm? We're gonna talk about the biggest thing I did first of all. That was PBS in Orlando. Hey baby. Thank you. Um, the big leagues. <laughs> I love PBS. Don't Brought- don't shit on Sesame Street. I will come for you. Brought to you by viewers like you. I know. Oh, I always feel good when they say that. Yeah. I'm like me. Wow. I, I don't even have to donate now. <laughs> no. I've See, done yeah, my I'm part. already contributing. <laughs> so um, why didn't you stay there? Um. Okay. So the the real thing that I wanted to do for um for films is I, I wanted to do um like writing and I, I still want to write, right? So I, I write screenplays and um, like, I've always really wanted to be a writer. And I figured out very quickly that the career path from being a PA or a BTS photographer or um, uh, like a focus puller, it's just, it's not anywhere near um, doing screenwriting. That's the, they're just, they're just not the same tracks. They diverge so yeah. quickly and you can be a PA for like eight years. You can end up being a camera operator and all these different things. And you'll, you'll never really make it to a writer's room. And so mm-hmm. being on set, like being in the the production realm rather than the pre-production realm was just not what I was trying to do at all. I figured out very quickly that working 16 hour days, either for free or for $150 um, a day, it ends up being less than $10 an hour. So it actually, um, you know, if you want to be a PA, you want to end up um, like climb that ladder and do something in that like below the line realm, then you're definitely in the right place. But for me, wanting to be a writer or for anyone who wants to be a director, like kind of that above the line, uh, like Mm -hmm. filmmaking, it's just it's uh, it didn't seem like it was cohesive with my goals to to continue um, doing below the line work in Atlanta. That's an interesting thing because I'll tell you, I, I like to write as well. Yeah. And that one of the awesome things about writing is y- you're right. Like being a PA, you'll, you'll learn you learn about production, yeah. obviously. But with writing, like you can make it by just writing a kick-ass script, and you can do that for uh, maybe you know the the price of the software if you don't just download a free one. Yeah. And uh, I know Ty. Ty. I don't know if talk about. I know Ty's dipped into to screenwriting because I've read some of his stuff and it's really good. And it's, it's fun how you can just, that's something you can just do while you're doing anything else. You do it on your, in your own time. Then, then the hard part is just getting it into the proper people's hands. Yeah. Yeah. Like once you, once you have the finished work, but that's interesting that you're like, no, I just, I don't need to be doing this in order to get where I want. Well, I think that always surprises a lot of people. They, they, especially in film, uh, there's a nasty habit of people like doing things they don't necessarily want to do, but it's like close enough to what they actually want to do. Like there's so many people that are like, uh, you know, they're grips and they're like, yeah, but I want to be a director. And it's like, well, I mean, to be a dir- you just direct like that's sadly yeah. that's there is no like ladder that leads up to directing. There's no ladder that leads up to producing or ladder that well, certain producing, but like there's yeah. no ladder that leads up to writer. You just have to do those things. Do it, yeah. Because film's just a job at the end of the day. I Production. think you're right, but the only thing I'd add, though, is is sometimes when you're starting out, like, you need resume material. Yeah. And that is hard to come by sometimes. So if if it means, you know, pulling focus, like you said, on a on an indie film, like, even if that's not what you want to do, you, you want to get into directing or you want to get into writing, sometimes, like, you know 
don't like I, I think you're right that that can be a bad habit but to get some credits yeah and and some because that's that's tough like th- those resumes are still like they, they are the, the problem is in like especially the union world of film production oh, yeah. uh once you start getting invested into a certain position and i'm, I'm sure shelby knows this once you start getting invested yeah. in a certain position you get stuck there so it's like you know i did a, a couple grip jobs which um you know, gripping is essentially you're, you're setting up lights and stuff. And I did it for these music videos. Like I did a TI music video mm-hmm. uh, that was like the high water mark, and then the rest were kind of like uh, smaller regional artists. But you know, now I am repeatedly hit up by all those people for only grip work. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how many times I tell them that, like, okay, now I'm at Weather Channel now. I do camera, jib, blah blah blah. I to them, it's like no grip. Like you. I saw you do it. That is all you do now. That is all you do. Yeah. It's so hard. And then you see people too that um, like they just get comfortable, you know, they get comfortable with their rates doing something below the line. And, and then they say that they want to be a writer, but they haven't really worked on their, their scripts at all. Cause they spend those 16 hour days on set and one gig comes after another and you get all wrapped up and it's just, you end up never really pursuing your dreams. If you let yourself get pigeonholed somewhere different. Yeah. But what's what's nuts too is we just even see that play out. We we talk about it all the time. But tonight's the night, oh, yeah. and that was a place where you'd see that exactly what Ty was talking about, where you know someone would would same example set up lights or something, and then oh. for an entire season you are you're yeah, the light it. person. Yeah, yeah, and it's tough to get out of that. Um, but you, it, yeah, that is it's tough because it's like you can be like oh. You can look at it one of two ways. Be like, okay, this is my specialty. I'm just going to be the best at, you know, at lighting. Yeah. Which is what some people want to do. But if that wasn't your your goal, then it is tricky to to get out of that. It's just it's a hard lesson where it's like just be smart about what you want to do and just carefully decide what you're going to do for like gigs and all that stuff and. I don't know. I we we could I could talk shop all day. I don't want to oh, get yeah. too I don't want to get too invested into the film production thing because it's like at this point, like we're just railing against like film production in terms of like no, like pick the thing you actually want to do. Well, the, the cool part about it though too is like there, you're also always going to be beaten out for gigs for people who actually want the job. Like yeah, there's okay. someone who is being a cam operator because they want to be a DP, but then there's someone that only wants to be a camera operator and they work every single day towards that, and they're going to mm-hmm. beat you because they just care more. You know? Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Now, so please. is that what took no, you? No, that's that's 100 true. Is, yeah. is that what took you out of production? Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I did not care about being on set as much as I thought I did or as much as I convinced myself I did when I got my degree in radio television production. So just moved away from it. That, that is a, 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 like, if that isn't what you want to do, the first time you, you do work on any sort of set, you, you do quickly realize, like, you're like this is you're, you either love that or you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. um, I, 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 I didn't do it on, like, any sort of professional level, but I know even... The first time I helped on a student film, I remember being like, wait, this isn't what I want to do. Like, I, 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 same as you, I like to write. I like the the pre-production kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm like, uh, it's just, it's long days. It's a lot. It is a lot of sitting around, a lot of waiting. And, mm-hmm. but, but it still is fun. Like, it, it's, it's, 
it's tough. You just got to decide what you want to do. And then the yeah. caveat to that too is if you're working on something and you're doing a smaller role, but you genuinely do focus on your passions and you go to things like um, like the festivals that they submit to, or you go to the things like the premieres and you do that networking, you're able to make the connections to push you in the right direction. You just have to know at that point that like if if you're really doing this for a networking opportunity or you're really doing this to like shake hands with different people that you just can't be invested in um, whatever job you're doing on set, right? If you're gripping, but you have a script that you're trying to sell at a, at a film festival, then make mm-hmm. sure that that's what you introduce yourself as, you know? Yeah. Not, not like a grip with a, with a script you're, you you're show up no, as, no, no. as a writer. No, no, no. no. Have a white knuckle grip on your script. Oh, okay. Before someone but, steals the idea. But, there we go. That's smart. That's how I, I tie it all together right there. <laughs> King of the segues. <laughs> King of the segues. And this beautiful segue is coming up. So you get out of production. Yeah. Where do you go? What happens? Um, so, you know, I decided I want to I, I be a writer. That's kind of what I've always wanted to do. And I thought that the easiest way um, to do that would not would do would be to stop like fighting for my meals, you know, like fighting for the gigs and applying every day and just having something consistent so that I could go home and actually work on my dreams when I got there, you know, and also have the weekends off. So I like, I started looking into the corporate world. Um, and I tried to find, you know, kind of a smooth segue between the two. Cause you know, one doesn't really apply to the other. Um, and I found myself doing uh, copywriting for a digital marketing company. And, um, it really got it really kind of put my foot into the door into the marketing world but it was still writing and that's what i mm-hmm. wanted to do and it's actually helped me in so many different ways um just knowing on my resume that i am a professional writer even if it's not the subject matter that i care about yeah you know what that is so true like isn't it crazy like i've done a little a little bit of freelance copywriting mm-hmm. like just a handful, t- tiny pinch even. Um, but it's crazy how smidgen. even doing that, yeah, smidgen, <laughs> how, how copywriting, which you like, it, it, it doesn't, it's, it seems so far from, from screenwriting. Mm-hmm. But isn't it crazy how like any kind of writing you do improves like your personal style? Oh, yeah. Like that, because that, I, I, I'd love to write, you know, be a comedy writer, write for TV or something. And right now I, I, you know, do local journalism, but even that I'm like, it's helped when I sit down to like try and write some comedy stuff. Like it's crazy how any, any writing helps you in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. And people take you so much more seriously too. Like, um, when I was a kid, I used to write, uh, short stories. And even when I was in like high school, like I got one of them published and all of a sudden people were like, Oh, you're good. And I'm like, no, I'm a child. But like just having your stuff out in the world and having people know that, that it's, it's not just like hidden in your diary somewhere. Yeah. So much more respect as a writer. Like, um, I got my first ghostwriting job because I told them that I was a published copywriter and I had like 40 something clients and they were like, yeah, you can, you can, uh, take care of my script. And I'm like, they don't, they're not even close to the same thing, but I can, I can take care of your script. Wow. That's awesome. Explain what ghostwriting is for anyone that's not familiar with the term. Uh, so I also provide uh, ghostwriting and editing services to people's scripts. Um, and ghostwriting is when you take someone's, um, someone's idea, either they don't really understand how to format a script or they have an idea that's not fully fleshed out and you, um, 
you you write their idea for them and you just don't get credit like they pay you on the front end to provide the service and then they don't have to put your name on the script afterwards um, which <laughs> Isn't capitalism is, just beautiful it's beautiful that's it's the beautiful. best yeah. i want the money i don't your script idea was bad anyways but i can make it better so it's okay like um <laughs> It's so, and you know what? I think that's a path a lot of people take. Yeah. When when you if you read interviews with like successful writers, mm-hmm. you'll you'll hear them talk about like yeah these things they did earlier in their career that they're not necessarily proud of because of the way it turned out, but it's like hey it gave them the experience they needed and they were stepping stones to where they ultimately got. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like um, the the first ever client I had um for ghostwriting, they wrote a a uh, a religious saga about um a woman praying her dead husband back to life wow um it was captivating 30 pages of montage in there what yeah yeah on a a 110 page script 30 pages of montage and for for anyone that doesn't understand a a page is almost the equivalent of like a minute that would be 30 minutes of a montage I hated writing those in oh. school. Like we, we had to practice that in really? screenwriting class in like the workshops and stuff. Shelby, mm-hmm. where, did you, I'm guessing you probably took some of those um, through I film took, or creative writing or. I only took the feature length screenwriting class with Barry. Okay. Um, did, did you have, now you've written a, a ton of them, but those montages are a pain because you have to like write out each individual scene. Like when you see one in a movie, it's like a little mini scene. It's just other oh, pain in the ass. I, I did one and I hated it. Yeah, um, I actually, um, I run a screenwriting club here in Atlanta. And um, just the other day we were talking about formatting and we got into a huge debate about montages because there's actually multiple different ways to write them. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, like if your montage can be cut from your script, you probably should cut it. Um, yeah. But if you're going to write a montage, there's there's actually like no particularly right way to do it, but I'll tell you the wrong way to do it is to have thirty whole pages where yeah. there's no audible dialogue. Oh my god! <laughs> oh. Like like anything, they're they're good as a tool. Like mm-hmm. you know, or progressing time. That's probably like the best use of a montage is yeah. to like quickly move forward in time. Maybe it was a really long prayer. It That's was. why she needed so, oh so many. <laughs> they were they were actually just like the woman going to different churches. So each each page was just describing like the different color of the church and the different podiums that she was at. And I was like, this isn't these are the same shots over and over again. I I literally could not wait till like they sue your ass off because you like signed an NDA and we're sitting here like discussing this. I'd like I that's the trajectory of this the show I want right now. <laughs> I cannot to, wait to for become, the season to cis letter to, to come in. I was going to say to become evidence in court. <laughs> oh, and I, you're I, to? <laughs> we might be dating. I will testify against you. <laughs> There's one thing I love more than you, and that is the law. Okay. Yeah. You respect oh, wow. the contract. You know, I, I completely understand. I'd sell you out too, boo. Um, I'm glad we could get to a very dark place here. We should, we should. Uh, Ty, but have you but signed a any? legally important place. Okay. Listeners take note. Yeah, Ty, did you ever sign it? I'm sure you have an NDA. Sadly, I actually I okay. I have my own project uh, <laughs> that uh, it, it was. I'm gonna just give the the quick end of it because it was that ridiculous. I, I was trying to become an editor uh, before mm-hmm. I got into cam hopping for the Weather Channel, um, 
and this woman, she, she wanted to make a horror film. She was like, yeah, sure, I have a budget. I just can't tell you yet, which is always a bad sign. When yes. it's like, yeah, that's behind door number two. We'll get there. <laughs> and she's like, but hold on, sign this NDA. I'm going to send the script over. You read it. And it was the first time in my life that I've ever read a script where the ending was they wake up from a dream. Oh, oh God. And that's it's already and hacky. Not even ironic. Like she wasn't, that's literally the ending. Yeah. She just woke up from a dream. And the best part is she explained to me, uh, the actor that played the main part, uh, he was, he like couldn't commit to all the shoot days. So she had to rewrite the ending to where even though he was the protagonist, she, his girlfriend wakes up. She's like, what? And she calls him and he's like, oh yeah, no, I'm in New York already. Your flight's at this time. Oh my God. It was so, it was so bad. And I can't, I'm going to be sued because here I, like, I, I just, say, it's so easy to talk. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Well, the, the reason I asked was because I, I've, I signed one as well. I was saying we should do a podcast where we all just break NDAs. Oh God. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> hold on. Are you ready to, hold on, hold on. Matt, Matthew. Yes. What's your NDA story? Well, I was, I was writing for a, uh, like a freelance radio ad copy service. Of course. It's mine's not nearly as exciting as yours. I was just supposed to like not <laughs> yeah, say who the clients I've written for are, and one one was like I wrote a tweet for like a casino one time, and another time it was like a radio ad for like an underwear company, and another one was for an like underwear a, company. Yeah, uh, the other was for like a, a bidet company. Um, but I'm not even sure if any of them got used because it was like it was like a virtual writers' room is the way it worked. Uh, was the way the service worked, and you would just like like basically write up your script and then they would pick and choose what they liked and you'd get paid accordingly if they picked parts of your not much at all but um yeah so yeah it's cool we all broke ndas it's cool that's cool we'll go down together (laughs) we'll go down so so you started to do copywriting Mm -hmm. you you like that beautiful segue here Uh, thank you Uh, yeah no let's just do a like a yeah we'll do a star wipe to this part um so yeah, you did copywriting. Yeah. What are, what are you currently doing now? Uh, okay, weird segue. So my job that I was working at really? decided to... What is that not what a segue is? Do we want to define that really quickly? No. Oh, my God. No, <laughs> don't, I love the rabbit holes we keep getting stuck in. No. Just, what, <laughs> okay, you okay, continue okay. your thought here. So my career took a strange path, right? Because I was doing um, just copywriting. I was writing for like social media for like a bunch of different clients at once. And my job decided to fire 50% of the staff, like just swoop all at once. Like I go home early because I'm sick. Next day, my best friend that I sit next to every day, I'm like, hey, you're late. What's going on? She's like, lol, I got canned. Everyone got out of there. It was like me and four other people stayed at the company. Um, One, I'm amazing. Obviously, I didn't get canned. So there you go. Um, And they were just like, hey, do you want, uh, do you want a promotion? We, uh, we need you to do more now. And I was like, okay, sure. What do you want me to do? So I became um, a manager, an account manager. I had 40 different clients and I was running their entire uh, marketing plant, uh, uh, platform campaigns. So I was running uh, marketing campaigns that included um, like Google PPC ads. It was social ads, social media, um, web design and a couple other services we offered all at once, which means I had to learn a lot about marketing like within like a month. Um, mm-hmm. 
and it was really stressful, but it was, it was definitely a growing experience. I'm really grateful for that job for, you know, not firing me and giving me the promotion and everything. Cause I went from like a lowly copywriter that like fudged her resume to kind of get into it to like a whole ass marketing manager. Mm -hmm. And, um, I actually found out that I, I, I really liked it. Like I found a lot of joy in like, um, staying on top of, of like the softwares and how they update, you know, we ended up watching, um, some keynotes about new upcoming trends for the years and things like that. And, and I found that I'm actually kind of good at it. So, um, I left that job because, you know, um, firing 50% of the staff wasn't the only thing wrong with it. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I have this new job now that works for a, and I work for a video production company. A, that's cool. Get to tie in my degree a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I work in their marketing department and I only do paid ads now. And it's actually, um, it's really enjoyable. Like I find a lot of, of satisfaction in what I do uh, on my day to day. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you can never like fully predict the way things are going to go or, or, What's crazy is sometimes you don't realize you like something until you get to do it in some roundabout way. Like, would you have ever guessed like marketing was sort of your thing? Oh, hell no. no. I like, um, I wasn't sure what the, what the compensation ceiling was for, for a, a copywriter or a social media person, but I really didn't think I was qualified for anything else. So I, I was really happy to take it, but you're right. Like you, you really never know what path you're going to take. Um, and whenever someone's like, Oh, you know, I don't know what I like to do. I don't like anything. I'm like, well, have you tried glass blowing? Cause if you haven't, you don't like nothing. Cause you mm -hmm. haven't tried everything. So yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, what's tough about that is you you can't try everything. Like you, you don't know if the thing you love is is some. It could be glass blowing. Like I never never crossed my mind, but now I'm kind of like, I need to go f figure out where I can do some glass blowing because that yeah, actually sounds it. like that might be cool. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's weird. Like I'm sure certain people fall into uh, career paths, you know, because they were exposed to it somehow. But like, there's a whole world of things that we haven't been exposed to that we might actually really enjoy. And like, sometimes at my job, they're like, hey, spend $5,000 by noon today. And I'm like, oh my God, like, okay, sure. Um, <laughs> might be fun. And it actually is a lot of fun. Although might be I'm not fun. Alive. Huh? <laughs> might be fun. I love that. Might what a great fun. attitude about spending $5,000. They they really give me a lot of freedom though. They're, I'm like, can I spend $100 a day on this ad? They're like, yeah, don't even ask. I'm like, oh. It's like more than what you guys pay me, but okay. <laughs> well, okay. Here, here's a quick question. So, other than like the marketing stuff, like, what what else are you doing? Like, what what else are you working on currently? Like, some side things, maybe. Okay, so I, I mentioned before we didn't really get to touch on it, but I run a um, writers' room in Atlanta. It's called Writers' Room Atlanta. I know very. Uh, very creative name. You're um, really you're really selling that writer credit for us here. <laughs> I love writing. I really do. Like, I just. Yeah. Is it the titles that really fuck you up, though? Oh, yeah. I mean, my first movie still doesn't have a title that works for it. Like, the first yeah. movie is just Although, called Feature Movie. Yeah. He's untitled dash one. <laughs> should, should we be talking, though, co-hosts of the Ty and Matt show? Right, what's oh, wrong with that name? We're not exactly gifted what's, when it comes to titles. <laughs> please explain. What's wrong with that name? Ty and Matt with Matt and Ty. It's, it's a little derivative, you know? Just a tad. Oh, you know, your guys' real names. Oh. Yeah, uh, okay, so completely derivative. Well, you know, <laughs> Writer's Room Atlanta over there shouldn't be fucking talking. I'll say that. 
actually really OG. Like I tell people about it and they're like, oh wow, like is that the one that was like having a live panel with that actor the other day? And I was like, no, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> but it's cool that you think it's it's that like um like original of a name or like uh, like that powerful of a name. They they assume that it's like a lot bigger than it is. They're like, oh, like you're the person behind that. And I'm like, oh my God, we only have like 150 members. Like I think you got me mistaken with someone a little bit bigger, but um 150 members. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually wow. up to 200 now. Jeez. Mm -hmm. So, so, so what is, I'm guessing you guys have meetings and stuff like that, like get togethers. Yeah. What, what, what is the standard, the standard, like everyday writer's room Atlanta meeting look like? Um, so what we normally do is, is we'll all meet up and we'll talk about anything that we might be stuck with for the week. So like, I try to encourage the other, um, the other members of the club to write every single week. I'm not going to lie. They usually don't. Um, a, a lot of people, um, who are writers do have that problem. They've got like a million good ideas. They can't really stay focused. So we try yeah. to keep the groups very, very focused. Sometimes they get derailed and people talk about movies for like half an hour, but I try to lead the group in a, in a productive discussion about mm -hmm. a certain topic every week. Um, so we've spoken about like mood and tone. We've spoken about antagonists, protagonists, character development, formatting, um, and I tell them what the theme is like a little bit beforehand so they can do their own research, bring kind of um, a little bit of insight to the table. And then um, we just, we get into it. We get into an open discussion. And we also, uh, something that I like to do to keep it really personal is I know all of the stories that these members are in the process of writing right now. So we try to take the topic and we try to apply it to the movie that they're in the middle of writing. So mm -hmm. one girl is writing like, um, like a twist on a vampire love story um we've got people that are writing like ongoing ongoing series people that are writing like um like thrillers and then um there are stories that like i'm writing on uh i'm working on personally and we all kind of just like share how that theme and how that topic applies to um our own personal movies make sure that it's applicable in the real world that's pretty awesome yeah. i'll tell you that that it's crazy how many people say they want to be writers and then don't actually want to write Ouch. Or have trouble getting started. So having that accountability is like, that's a huge factor in actually getting something. Because once you start, it usually things things just come. Yeah. But uh, that can be the toughest part is having that accountability to actually do it. Yeah. So that, that's pretty cool. Open. I, I want to be I want to be the writer that just kind of like you know, like I swirl my glass of whiskey and I just like comment on how like shallow and pedantic something is but i don't you know what i mean like i don't want yeah, do to be i don't want to write i just want to be the guy that has like all the advice for a writer you don't want to write but you want to be a writer you want to be yeah. like like someone looks at you and they're like that's a writer yeah. what has he written i yeah. don't know but he just <laughs> looks like someone that would have written something exactly exactly yeah. i think a lot of people want to be that yeah no, I mean, um, actually that happened on, on our, on our first movie set when we moved to Atlanta, um, there was a grip, right? Like I was sitting there having a discussion about, um, film scripts with some of the actors and, um, the, the grip comes up to me and he's just like, I would never tell you about my idea. Cause then I, then you would steal it. And I'm like, man, you're like 40. You didn't even write your idea. I don't want to hear yeah. it. <laughs> no. And yeah, it's funny. Cause people, people always say that and it's just not, it doesn't happen. If someone else can write your movie better than you, then let them like. <laughs> yeah. And, and even if you, if you give your idea, you're just probably going to give it as like a, a simple premise. 
Yeah. And now someone's going to write a 110, 120 page script based on that premise. They're going to be completely different things. That's, that's like, so funny because actually, um, like I told, um, uh, Ty and Nicholas DiLorenzo, you guys might've heard uh, yes. before. Um, about that piece premise. of shit. That piece of shit. <laughs> be nice to him. He's a sweet angel. He deserves love and respect. Okay. First off, first off, he's a sellout that went to LA. Oh. Let's just start there. <laughs> Let's start there. That's, that's layer one. You know, if you peel this onion back a little bit more, you'll see it gets a lot more conflicting. Okay. Okay, well, on the surface, he's a sweet angel. He's a good boy. He deserves That's what he wants you to think. I don't even think he's really Catholic. I think he just, like, plays it up for the camera. You, being <laughs> you know what I mean? You are he's awful. like, he's a Justin Bieber of comedy writers, you know? He just kind of plays up the whole, like, oh, you know, you know, thank, thank God for all this talent. And it's like, no, you piece of shit. You know what's going on here. You got this whole team around you. I am on to you, <laughs> Nick DiLorenzo. I am on to you. Do you guys remember when he wore a bandana for a semester? That was my favorite Nick DiLorenzo. Yeah. Can- cancer patient, <laughs> favorite, Nick. Favorite version. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah. He's like, a, he's like a video game character. Like, there's been, like, different, like, it's the same Nick, but there's, like, different, like, skins you could apply. Like, there's <laughs> one where, he, you remember what he was like? He had the beard. He had the beard for a while. Mm-hmm. I, All right. I love how we don't, we don't have an interview anymore. This is over. <laughs> Like we can cut record at any moment. No. Yeah, sh- sh- go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, what was the point you were trying to make before your boyfriend there so rudely cut go. you off? Oh my God, there we go. <laughs> Stop roasting your friends, Tyler. I'm not going to have any. Um, what I was trying to say was, I came up with this premise while I was still living in Orlando uh, based off a dream. And it was, um, there was like a, a, a baker that really wanted to be a butcher right? That was it. It's just a baker wants to be a butcher. Um, mildly enticing, but not really a lot to go on, right? And I started doing all of this pre-production work on it. Um, you know, it was like a kid in high school and he's living in like, like a future uh, San Francisco, like the whole town's vegan, like no one agrees with being a, um, a butcher and he just like has to hide this secret, right? And then I tell this premise to Ty and Nick, and with the exact same premise, they came up with such a different story. And you know what's such a, so like heart wrenching and like soul crushing about it is theirs was so much better. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it, we're writing your story. And now actually, all three of us are um, working on that script together. So oh, nice. <laughs> my God. Yeah. So I just threw out my idea. I was like, wow. no, like, we're going to take my dream. We're going to twist it. You guys made it so much better. I'm not funny. I'm not a really funny person. Like, I don't really get how, how comedy works. Like you guys, like, I commend you like, oh my God. But, um, I got to actually partner up with, with these two funny men and, and we're writing a story together. So do you know what is a great skill though, that you demonstrated in that story is recognizing if you feel like your idea has been beat and like not getting upset over it. Oh yeah. Cause, no. cause like getting too precious about your, your work, especially when you're in a writer's room or you're, you know, collaboratively working, that is like the worst thing you can do Yeah. because you'll fight for your, an, an idea that might be obviously inferior just because it's yours. And then the whole thing starts to suffer if you keep doing that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Hey guys, send me that when you, when you're done with it, send it to me. I want to read it. Yeah, it's it's so um like I think it's a really fantastic premise. Um like the first movie that the first movie that I ever wrote was a um like young adult movie, like very coming of age, very like standard um 
the Fault in Our Stars vibe, you know, and I was about to make the same movie over again with a different premise. And these boys stopped me and they, um, they like moved me into a different path. I get to write a different genre now and we will definitely send it your way. Uh, nice. That'd be awesome. I'm impressed by all these feature films you guys are cranking out. <laughs> I- I've been looking at the same two acts of a half hour sitcom pilot for about a year. And I just can't figure out that third act. We're, we're like a, a 50s, you know, production company where it's like just this like conveyor belt. Nobody yeah. sleeps. We all sleep at the production house. We I live there what? and we just churn and burn them. Oh, did, 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 um, this is going to be topical. It's going to date the episode. But the movie uh, Dolomite is my name. Have you watched it? I have not seen that yet. It's on Netflix. It just came out. I watched it last night, but it's about... Uh, the movie Dolomite and uh, it's about the making of it and that's kind of what it reminds me of is just kind of like like just churning out a movie like not really just just getting it done like that's the point Ed Wood another movie that kind of does that the the whole the whole point you know is just cranking out a a high quantity of work that's when Hollywood was real okay yeah it's so weird too because I read these screenwriting books and there's like these screenwriters in their in their novels like to talk about other screenwriting books and they were like yeah you know I read like 30 day screenplay and I actually did write a screenplay in 30 days I was like yo fuck you it takes like <laughs> a year and a half I don't want to hear it <laughs> one day I'll get to the point one of my goals is actually being able to write um, three feature length screenplays in one year that's gonna be a goal. That's tough. Yeah. It's... Yeah. <laughs> the reach, I, I, the reach. I gotta reach for it. It's very far away. But have you read uh, Stephen King on writing? I want to so yeah, badly. It, it's great. I had to read it in school, and I was rereading it again. But you know, it's great for if you do anything mm-hmm. creative, not just writing. But he talks about how he wrote a novel in two weeks. I forget which one. It, I want to say it was Christine. Yeah. The one with the car. I think he wrote that in two weeks. And that's one of those where you just like, you get mad. You're like, how does he do it? Like, how does he do that? Does he two do weeks. It? No, I to, know. To write this big novel that gets turned into a movie and all that. Yeah, it's it's crazy how some people have that kind of output. No, I know. I um, One of my favorite writers, Jack Kerouac, um, he died in Florida. You can go visit his house if you're in Orlando at any point. Um, but he wrote Big Sur, one of his one of his more famous novels, in 14 days, just locking himself in his little like cabin in Orlando, Florida. And I was like, oh, if only. Like I'm a good writer, but I wasn't gifted. Like, I, like God didn't like show that like shower this scale down on me. Like it's just what I want to do. Like, well, they're just it's those people are they're freaks of nature. You know, all yeah. they, they live, breathe, and eat that like one craft it's the literary version of lebron james or or someone like that like a a, an athletic freak yeah yeah they they can only think in terms of that one thing and they're just so i mean they're probably a total fucking nightmare to talk to at a party like yeah yeah, it's just like yeah no yeah thank you steven i think i get the process of writing (laughs) yes your new book is macabre i get it macabre yeah Um, this is, this has been fun. We have to wrap uh, it, it has. up, yeah. but it has been fun. Sorry, I could talk about this forever. We'll just I have know. to have Shelby on another episode. Oh. I know. Oh. 
You know, oh, I was actually really offended when you guys were um, like in the black and gold studio and you had Lakin on the show and you didn't have me on. And I was like, guys, come on. I'm more interested <laughs> than my roommate. What the heck? No, yeah. I love but still, um, <laughs> thank you guys for having me. I'm honored to finally be on the infamous Ty and Matt with Matt and Ty. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know the the infamy we bring to everything. Yeah, uh, we're the the podcasting bad boys of the world. Um, wow, I, I almost want to like brush my teeth after saying that. Uh, yeah, with a shotgun. Was, yeah, it was it was pretty gross. <laughs> what just came out of my mouth? Um, real fast, yeah. real fast. Okay, plugs. What do you have? What do you have for? What should people check out for Shelby Page, the brand? Because obviously you're not a person anymore. You're just a brand. Oh, um, I just say if you're into screenwriting, join Writers Room Atlanta. Um, we post advice and articles in there sometimes. So it's not just for people who live in Atlanta. Um, and also, side note, if you ever want a uh, like a digital design, I've been uh, adoring Photoshop lately. So I'm open for commissions. Hit me up on Instagram. Nice. You can see her work. Funny enough, she's actually the main graphic designer and photographer for Fifth Place Comedy Show. So you can see her work there. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. I don't think that (laughs) microphone picked up your clapping, but I saw it. There we go. That was a good clap. Uh, Yeah. I mean, Shelby, thank you so much for coming in. (laughs) Or calling in, rather. Calling in. I live here. Um, I know. I, 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 it sounded professional. Like I said it, and I was like, well, let me dial this back for one fucking second. Thank you for calling in because there is no studio for this. We are the only nomadic podcast, and that's my plug. Uh, we're breaking up. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I also heard what I said, too, and I regret it. <laughs> uh, Shelby Page, thank you so much. Thanks, Shelby. <laughs> God. Oh my god. Oh my god. Dude. Oh. I have I I'll be honest with you. I feel some degree of concern that we're so goddamn funny. <laughs> oh god. Someone's going to like crash their car or something and we'll be held liable cuz we are we're kings. Kings. I I mean we we really have to dial it back. The amount of times I had to hold the laughter in I don't know if you like tears down my face. It's not. It's not safe. You can. I heard you can make your eyes pop out by doing that. I, I could feel it. I could feel the <laughs> yeah, blood vessels right? just fucking raging in my eyes. It's like holding a sneeze. Your your eye basically explodes like Joe Biden's during the <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's just not not a healthy thing to do. You got to let the let the chuckles out. Oh, I know. I'm just getting them all out right now. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know I'm laughing just, a little too much. I'm just. I got to get them out. It was a lot. It you know because there are parts where it's like oh she's. She did say that. She did really yeah. say that. Oh, she went there. Yeah, she she did. Oh, she I, I I really want to. I appreciate Shelby coming on. Uh, yeah, great interview. You know, terrible girlfriend. Great interviewee. <laughs> I mean, seriously, just the worst at fucking dating. But I'll be honest, she had some insightful points. She brought the fastball when it came to interviewing. Yeah. I mean, I agree with her point. Uh, if there's like any hot, fast kind of takeaway for this whole thing, it's that, you know, stop being a cuck loser who's like, oh, yeah. I'm going to PA and work my way up and just suck it up and do the thing you want to. This is the Gary Vee portion of the show. Stop fucking being a loser, waiting for your parents to say you're allowed to do it and just fucking do it. And then like someone raises their hand. They're like, 
hey, like, what if I just don't have the means to do it financially? And it's like, that's a fucking excuse. Yeah. You know what? I don't care how poor you are. And it's like, well, you know, my family, we live desolate. You know, I eat nothing. Yes. You know, I have to give everything to my kid brother who's barely fucking <laughs> hanging on. Wearing bread bags for shoes. Yeah, and then I like turn around. And I'm like, you fucking eat your brother, and you rise to the yeah. top like a phoenix. Yeah, because c- you're the, you're the alpha. You're the alpha. What is? It, are we gonna let him eat you? Yeah. No, 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 no. Trust me, trust me, little bro. There, he's waiting for you to turn your back. That's how this world works. He would stab you in the face if he could. Yeah, no, that's uh. Not even in the back. He would do it right to your face. Oh no, he's gonna wait. Once he gets the strength from like the cans of beans you keep feeding him, yeah. he's gonna fucking bash your head in with the can opener. Yeah, I mean, if you guys weren't so malnourished that he couldn't even lift his own head, you would be in so much, so much danger right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I. That is a legitimate thing. I don't know. It's just fucking pick the thing you want to do and just do it. That's the takeaway. That's the fucking moral do of this it. show right now. Dude, it's almost uh, if if only a giant multi-billion dollar company had also come up with like a great slogan like just do it. I like I, yeah, nothing's coming to mind. No. Like we should take that. I'm sure I'm sure no one else will, will lay claim to that. Yeah, I mean I'm going to I'm going to say it. Ty and Matt the, with uh Matt and Ty just yeah. do it. New new logo that's kind of like a check marky kind oh, of thing. Oh, I love because it, it makes you feel but like a more you're getting things more done. Like, like we're checking it off boom. the list. Yep, just do it. Check a little, but a little more aerodynamic looking. Yeah, no, no, no. not like a fucking harsh. That kind of, that kind of swooshes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Swoosh. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Totally. That's gonna look great on the merch. Oh yeah, yeah. Dude, t-shirts, sneakers. Like it's it's. I think we're set. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna get started on that. Well, while you while I'm doing that. Plugs, plugs, yeah. plug us up, Matthew. Hey, I'm Matt underscore Regal. I should just change my legal name to <laughs> uh, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I am Matt underscore Regal. <laughs> and check out my blog, the themattregalfiles.blogspot.com. It took us, uh, we did this in college. Uh, yeah, we did? We did this in college. We've maybe done... Maybe 50 to 100 episodes. I don't know. I don't like how wide. I didn't fucking even try with the number. I'm like, I don't know. Anywhere between this and a million. That's how many episodes we've done. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And that's the first time I think you've like fucking nailed the Matt underscore Regal part. You just nailed it. The confidence you had where it's like, I should just make that my legal name. Dude. Yeah, seriously. I wish it was. I wish your birth certificate with the at symbol and everything. At, oh my god! Yeah, dude, then I'm gonna have it on my driver's license and stuff like that. Like, if you're a pop, that, that's punk some next band, level marketing. That's a cool pop punk band name, at Matt. At Matt. Oh yeah. There's a lot yeah, we need to work on. I gotta get the merch started. Let me get my plugs out of the way. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you you can find me at Ty Colgate. I'm pretty much everything. Uh, Facebook. Fucking don't friend me on that, please. Um, uh, fifth place comedy show. It's a show here I run here in Atlanta. If you're listening in Atlanta, you need something to do on uh, November 7th, 9 p.m. Go to fifthplacecomedy.eventbrite.com. RSVP. Get a drink ticket. Come get a drink. Come laugh. Unless you're a hot girl, please fucking leave. Just go. Yes. There's got to be somewhere where we could put all of you, maybe an island. I don't care. Just leave. Yeah. I would visit periodically, of course. Yeah. No, I will that go on island. vacation there. But, yeah. But When I'm not doing stand-up. 
Yeah, exactly. Ma- then, you're, then you're welcome everywhere. Maybe when I'm better at stand-up and I find a way to relate with hot girls, that's when I go to the island. Yeah. Oh, my God. Make a killing. That'd be a fun. That'd be the best spring break ever. Don't even get me started. I don't want to get. We already went too long on the hot girls up front. I'm done with yeah, it. We, we were we were too hard on. That. We're we're moving on. Uh, I thank you to Shelby Page. Uh, yeah. Moral of the show. You know, don't be a fucking loser. Just fucking do it. I don't, it doesn't even That's matter right. if, if your family's in your in your way. Run them over with the car. Do whatever yep. you can to get your hopes and dreams. Step on everyone. The tie and match show. Yeah. Just do it. Just. <laughs> Just do it. That's you know what, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, and good fucking morning. Good morning.